All right. One, two, three. Welcome, everybody, to the LifePoint Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason. I am here with brother Pastor Tyler. Hi there. And we are continuing today with our Bible reading reflection. This has been so good. We are really enjoying it. And hope you've been following along with the reading or uh, uh, just tuning in, listening to our deep thoughts on the reading. And I hope you're enjoying it. Keep uh, tuning in and subscribe and share. And this is now week 10 we are getting into here. Wow. And we're cruising along. We are at numbers 34. We're going to go Numbers 34 through Deuteronomy 16, in the Old Testament reading, and Mark 10:32 to Mark 13:37. Uh, so mm-hmm. let's start off here in Numbers. We're going to wrap up Numbers, and then we're going to go into Deuteronomy, and you might not see any difference because these books are all kind of running together. Yeah, one, it's one story. Yep. And so we're at Numbers 34. Uh, let's jump in here, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, so we're about to enter Canaan land, the land of their inheritance. Uh, Eliezer and Joshua appointed to divide the land by tribes. Yep, setting up their boundaries. Yep. And so we're getting into who gets what kind of deal, which would I would I would guess cause all kinds of trouble. Mm-hmm. Just thinking of my own children, right. div- dividing stuff. He got more. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there was a lot why, of that. Why did Phoenix get more? Uh, d- we go to 35. We're, we're gonna go a little briskly through this, hopefully, because quite a bit of it is kind of a uh, review. Would you say call it a review? Or yeah. Well, Deuteronomy review? is it's it's like actually Moses preaching, kind of this remembrance of of the covenant and the promises and the history and what's happened through these, you know, more or less these first four books. Yeah. So I also encourage you to if you haven't been listening to the older podcasts, weeks one through nine, dial those up and and a lot of this stuff is in there in much greater detail. Exodus yeah. numbers, yeah. all that good stuff for right. jerseys. So 35, one interesting thing is the the Levites, which God has chosen among his chosen, they don't get, like, a regular inheritance land. It's a little different. And they, the Levites' uh, cities, I guess you call them, Mm. the six cities, they're these cities of refuge. Yeah. Which is really interesting. It is. It It says refuge for the... for the stranger and the foreigner, and specifically for when someone kills somebody. Yeah, as long as not yeah manslaughter. Yeah, yep. you you have to go to that city. Yeah, um, and then know. they call upon. I, I just kept thinking of like a comic book. They call on the nearest male relative to be their blood avenger. Yeah, blood avenger. That's the word. Yeah, the great. word blood avenger. I kept avenger. looking through uh, different translations, and they all kept saying that. Yeah, like, like yeah, blood like blood avenger. No, it's the blood avenger. Yeah, and it's intense, and that's that's for when somebody does kill them, right? Intentionally. 
Yeah, that's that's if they were they put him on trial. Yeah. And if they're if they're found guilty, then it's death. But if they're found innocent, it wasn't premeditated, it wasn't intentional, then they are free to live, but in those refuge cities. They still can't go back. Yeah, oh, right, right. Which and is amazing because one of the ways they can leave the refuge city when the priest is dies. if the high priest dies. Yeah. Which I just made me really think of shadows of Jesus. Hmm. Where, I mean, through his self-sacrificial death on the cross like all that's been resolved and redeemed and rescued and you can you can come on back <laughs> yeah you know repent and come on back it is pretty and interesting too that if they leave before that the blood avenger can kill them yeah yeah fair game yeah if they're caught outside of that city. yeah it makes you think of like you know these netflix shows like last kingdom or something where you're yeah, just like guy waiting in the woods for you the blood of slip up sneak back in the village um they get into some let's see that's the end right there we get into 36 Mm -hmm. it sort of just ends with them yeah it's a it's a bit of a cliffhanger yeah it's (laughs) it's talking about marriage uh they have to marry within their father's tribe because it gets all Mm-hmm. tricky and confusing because with of the, this inheritance the land and inheritance yeah who gets it all that kind of stuff or else it would not be split up yeah uh, evenly so they're they're having to work through all that mm-hmm. so which is just the relational community stuff it's yeah. kind of practical really a lot of it it does seem very just it is literally practical mm-hmm. like how how are you setting so you up you have to have this governance the, is necessary yeah exactly so we jump over to Deuteronomy. Yes. We're now in Deuteronomy. And we start off with the, uh, recounting the story of Exodus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called The Heartbeat of the Old Testament, I read, Deuteronomy. Mm. Referred to. It means, uh, the word Deuteronomy means second law, which is confusing. It really just means when they say second, it's more like a, it's a, reprising mm-hmm. recounting the law mm-hmm. it's not like a different one it's yeah. the same thing recounted the hebrew title is these are the words which once yeah. again much better title yeah. <laughs> and so this is it, moses going over again what they've been through because yeah. they're about there they're, or they're there well we're still all the way almost through deuteronomy before they really get in there but they really get but in. real time like it's they're right on the cusp. Okay. They're right about to go over. And I love this. Uh, Christopher Wright in his commentary says that the clearest feature of Deuteronomy, as we're about to go through these first 16, you can see this. He says the clearest feature of Deuteronomy is its call for total loyalty to Yahweh as the one true God. Mm. So you see this over and over throughout Deuteronomy is just this driving home that, that Yahweh is the one true God amongst all these players right you know in the right. ancient near east they yeah. they can't compare he they they are monotheistic to the core god yahweh only yeah um so we start off uh exodus is recounted um so moses is giving kind of a summary of of like tyler said the uh what was in more detail in the earlier uh, books. Uh, one thing I do love about this first one here is uh, in Moses, in his way of retelling, uh, 
this is the best. He says he he's not allowed to to go into the promised land because of them. Uh, God was angry with them, with the people. So it's on their account that he can't go in. Mm-hmm. And he he says this several times throughout, <laughs> throughout this. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll hit that again in three passages. big time. And then we get into two. Uh, oh, real quick, and one though, I love it because this is the first time you ever. It's verse two. It only it's the first time it tells you that this should have been eleven days. Mm, Ele- right. Eleven days, or forty years. Wow. Know? Eleven days. Yeah. All right. Let me get the two. Uh, two. The wilderness. Uh, Days are recounted. Mm-hmm. It's more review. Um, interesting. It's it's talking about uh, Esau's land in there as well, yeah. and Lot's land, uh, which is interesting because um, these are characters we've already read about. Yeah. And they've already got their land set up. Yeah, uh, and it's still theirs according to God's promises, which is amazing. Yeah, even in their bonkersness. Bonkersness. Uh, three, we uh, get into recounting the conquest. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where you really see again <laughs> Moses. It's like he pleads to see the promised land, but he also accepts his fate. And then mm-hmm. once again, he says, because of you people. Yeah. It's the you people stuff. Yeah, it, it actually gets into that. He's pleading with God to go in. Yeah. And God, God says, enough. Yeah. Don't speak to me about this again. Um, which is amazing. I mean, the relationship they had is pretty incredible, mm-hmm. I- I- especially considering how intense these times were as far as uh, judgment and holiness and righteousness and all that. Yeah. Um, oh, and it made me see Numbers 20 in a whole different light, too, because that's the, that's the story where Moses is, you know, punished for about lack of a better word, and where he's not allowed to go into the promised land when he strikes the rock in a mm-hmm. way that's not honoring God, or it's very kind of mysterious. But I got to thinking about that. When he says that he can't go in, and he says, because of you people, I heard it like in a different tone, you know, mm-hmm. almost like a snarky, like, because of you people. And I looked back at twenty Numbers 20, verse 10, and it says, Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock, and he said to them, listen now, you rebels. <laughs> Yeah. Shall we bring forth water for you out of this rock? And I heard it in a different tone. Like, instead of like in this God honoring way that he was told to do it, he was so frustrated with these stiff necked people and just driving him crazy that he was like, fine, you rebels. Yeah. Smack, smack. He somehow crossed a line because they were aggravating him so much. (laughs) They pushed him over the edge and he did something that just was not honoring what God, how God called him to do it. Yeah. And I saw that in New Light with three because he's like, it's because of you people. I can't go in here. Right. Come on. Really? And uh, it also in three, it recounts again um, King Og mm, again. That's a big rabbit hole. And uh, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. He's the remnant of the Rephaim. Rephaim? I'm not sure I'm saying Probably right. Probably something like that. Race of Giants. <laughs> Um, and they describe his giant bed. Yes. Just like a yeah, footnote there. Oh, by the way, he had this super giant bed. Yeah, I was like, what's your sleep number? Yes. <laughs> 5,000. Giant iron bed. Um, it does talk about um, utterly destroying these people. 
No survivors left. Explicitly says destroyed men, women, and children in there. It does say that. Uh, Is that in three? Yes. Yeah. And it's talking about that kingdom, the Og's kingdom. Um. And there, it's also saying, what God is there in heaven or on earth that can do what you can do? And it's talking about how also everyone was afraid of them mm. around these other cities. They were hearing of this group coming, uh, which is interesting. Yeah, um, and I think it's helpful. I, these, there's no easy way through these difficult passages mm-hmm. when this, you know, the over arching killing and destroying of peoples and stuff like that but I, it really helps me at least to see that even though there are there are evil men and women and leaders but there's also always evil behind them and cosmic forces yeah you know enemies in the heavenly places and all that kind of stuff that it's it's like a cosmic battle yeah that God's involved in and these people that are in the land they're going into they are tethered to not Yahweh. Yeah. Like it's an evil twisted fallen it's it's the whole package. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't totally understand it. There's there's different ways I think sometimes in my brain I I try to filter uh uh passages like that where there's no survivors, everybody's getting killed or whatever. Whether that was a product of the people of that time Mm-hmm. And that's the way they lived, and that was kind of um, uh, bled into to the way they were treating other other peoples. It was a kill or be killed kind of thing, maybe. Yeah. Or um, like you're saying, there were there was also spiritual uh, yeah. matters at, at hand. Well, and we'll s- we'll see later too. It's a holiness factor, which we got the whole book of Leviticus. Is it's also if they don't destroy their quote-unquote way of life, this evil, evilness, then the second they go in there, they're just going to be tempted to be a part of yeah, that and we, instead of being a part of what Yahweh has yeah, called them to we'll, be. We'll get to that. Yeah. It actually talks about that, that the reason why. Right. Uh, at least that's what it says in uh, these passages to come. So let's keep moving. For uh, he's talking about, he's encouraging them to follow the law. Um. We go over this, and this is kind of a theme here about teach your children and your children's children what you have seen. And it's kind of cool because he's talking to literal eyewitnesses still there and the importance of this being passed on um, to your children, which really, um, you know, I've got kids, this kind of passing on of of what you've known and seen the importance of it it's just you know over and over repeated remember this um and it starts talking about um recounting about how they gathered and stood at the foot of the mountain while the mountain burned with fire wrapped in darkness and cloud and gloom and god spoke from out of the fire and it, it Kind of the way he Amazing. he is summarizing this stuff kind of helped helped me see it again a little clearer. Because mm-hmm. um, they were afraid to go all the way up, but Moses 
did go up. Yeah. And so, but they could still hear. They weren't yeah. all the way up there, but they could hear totally. hear the voice and like literally, it wasn't just. Yeah, I read. They could literally hear a voice. I, I read this out. about this, and it said Sinai was a cosmic audiovisual experience, <laughs> but it but it was the audio that mattered. Yeah, because they heard. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. It goes into, starts running down the commandments, right? Yep. Get into there and idols and. And and another thing is that it's this theme of keep the commandments. And it almost, I don't know if it always says this, but it says it a lot, that it may go well with you and your children yeah, and prolong your days. That you may live. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> reinforcing the idea that these commandments are for them. Yeah. It's for their own good. It's like If you could look at it from, like you said, you have kids, from the vantage point of a loving father. Yeah. That's really what it is. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> don't, don't stick your finger in the... Light yeah, socket. I'm kind telling of. you that that, <laughs> that the burner is hot on that oven. Yeah. yeah. All right. So five again. Actually, this is where he really recounts that God speaking to them face to face. He says mm-hmm. God stood between them, or he stood. Moses stood between them and God. Um, he goes through the Ten Commandments. Um, again, recounting this this uh, situation where God spoke to all of them and they heard it. Um, again, talking about walk in the way of the Lord that you may live, that yeah. it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land you possess. Yeah, live long and prosper. It's totally live long and prosper. It really is. That's um, amazing. It's pretty simple. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, the way he's laying it out. Eventually, he says it's blessing or a curse. It's up to mm-hmm. you what you want. Um, but it really is. We overcomplicate everything. Later on, we're going to see, too, where he talks about if you're obedient, there will be no poor in the land. Yeah. Zero. But the implication is, because like a verse or two later, he tells you how to deal with the poor. Yeah, because you're not going to do it. Yeah. But if you would just do it, it's yeah. pretty simple. Live long and prosper. And then six, uh, this is a big one. Mm-hmm. This is probably, uh, I'd say to the Jewish faith, the most important uh, portion of Scripture, which is the Shema. Yeah, sacred. And six, again, he starts off talking about, if you'll hear and do the law, it may go well with you, and you'll multiply in the land of milk and honey. Again, he keeps telling them this. It's like, like you're talking about with your children, it's very trying to ingrain this in the, into their heads. And the Shema means hear, mm-hmm. and it is, uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And that is uh, the greatest commandment that uh we really have and um yeah and if you if, if jesus quotes it then you need to pay attention yeah which actually when our uh, new testament reading this week we see it in mark yep when they were asking him about what the greatest commandment is so yeah. um I, I like some of the words that you talk about the words be on your heart hmm. teach your children diligently talk to them when you sit in the house 
when you're walking on your way, when you lie down, and when you rise. Yeah. Um, man, I, I just, just, <laughs> just for me as a, as a, you know, talking about being a parent and the busy life that we have with all the, um, running around and stuff. This really was sticking out to me. The importance of he's telling them to teach their children. Mm -hmm. That's the parent's job. Like yeah. this is important and pretty much all the time. Is yeah. what he's saying. <laughs> when this you're in your house, when you're leaving, when you're going to bed, yeah. when you wake up. This is important. This wrote, is like a lifestyle. I wrote down thing. some of the phrases. Impress them. Talk about them. Tie them. Bind them. Write them. Your hands, your foreheads, your houses, your gates. Yeah. This is a your whole life. Yeah. And he says it literally in verse 20. When your son asks you in the time to come, yeah. what do the testimonies and the statutes and the judges mean which the Lord our God commanded you? This is the answer. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's so true. I mean the the importance of the the family relationship mm -hmm. and uh, where things are really uh, honed in on and and uh, as he says be on our hearts and he specifically talks about that bind on your hand between your eyes right on your doorpost and gate um, obviously some of those things have been taken literally mm -hmm. and they. Uh, uh, with phylacteries and uh, literal little box and little, little boxes forehead box with bound the to tiny scrolls inside hand and your forehead and the Jewish faith and um, put them on your doors. I forget what. Do you remember what the name is for that? I uh, my parents mm -mm. have those on their doors. Pretty cool. Um, again, he's saying God will give you good cities, food, vineyards, water, trees that you did not build. Which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he's saying, so you'll be able to explain to your children uh, what this history is. Yeah. Uh, seven, we get into uh, destroying the nations before you. Yeah, this is what we were talking about getting around. Show no mercy, make mm -hmm. no covenant, covenant. Do not marry with them because they will lead you away from God. Um, another view of this is there was such a specific time and place right here where God was doing a work yeah. that the stakes were really high. Mm -hmm. um, there was not a lot of room for error, which is why um, some of this was so intense. Break down their altars and their pillars. Again, they're always connected to some other deities. Um and I love this. God keeps his covenant into those who love them to a thousand generations. Um, you will be yeah. blessed above all other peoples, will take away all sickness. Yeah, even in the midst of all this destruction, he's still going back to that covenant promise talk. Yeah. And I love this too. It says, I, I would, it's this, uh, let's see, Christopher Wright once again. He said that the uh, promise that all the nations from, through this covenant, the promise that all the nations of the earth would ultimately be blessed did not mean that particular nations in history would not be judged. Right. Like just because this blessing is yours for the taking doesn't mean that you can just behave any way you want. Right. There is an obedience to grace. Yeah. 
We've there is a proper over response. and over again with them. And Israel wasn't exempt. It yeah. started with them. And yeah. later on, he's going to use Assyria and Babylon to judge them. Yeah. Just like they were doing right now in this conquest. Yeah. Uh, one side note in seven there, it again talks about God will send hornets among the enemies. I love the hornets. It's kind of a side note almost. I don't want to say side note, but it's. Not Just, talked about a ton, but this idea of God sending hornets in, um, yeah, that'll take the people out. Uh, you could go down a, a interesting rabbit trail with that. Um, yeah, with our, our brother Greg Boyd's yeah, book does that. Yeah, yeah. They would have let he, God do it His way. God, it he may thinks have God way would be just hornets. They wouldn't have had to do anything. I don't know. Maybe uh, eight. We get into, again, he's reinforcing being careful to follow the commandments. You will live, multiply, and possess the land. This is the theme going on here. Yes, and I think he's recalling them to, to remember God in the hard times of the past, but don't forget him in the good times to come in the future. And this is part where he's talking about he gave them manna. Mm. To let them know, man does not live on bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Oh, so good. Which sounds familiar because the Lord quoted that. Jesus, Jesus said it straight to Satan's face. Yep. Another interesting thing says their clothing did not wear out for 40 years. Yeah. Um, like a lot of shop where they shop. And it's it obviously does, not um, Forever 21. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the shirts last a week. You, you get a week, <laughs> uh, and it specifically talks about what we were talking about. Um, uh, God's relationship in this with these people is like a man who disciplines his son. Yeah, so God disciplines son. us, um, which is what a good father does. A good father doesn't let let his son climb in the oven. Yeah, you know, no way. And again, they're talking about blessing here, and it's kind of over the top blessing. I mean, they will lack nothing; they will eat and be full. Um, oh, verse eighteen says, "He who is giving you power to make wealth." Yeah, and in the the, uh, it's interesting because it do, it consistently talks about that, and then immediately gives a warning. Don't forget in your prosperity where you came from and who has done this for you. Yeah, it's from God. So the, the blessing is there and also a don't forget and don't go to other idols <laughs> or yeah. you will die. That makes me think of the rich young ruler with Jesus. He said he loved him. He was obeying all the commandments. He said, yeah. one, one thing you lack, sell all your stuff. And he was like, ah, oh, what a bummer. I got lots of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's see, nine. He's talking about going in today and cross the Jordan. Uh, God will destroy the Anakim again, sons mm -hmm. of Anak, which is interesting. These are the giant people. Uh, and here's where it talks about God not driving them out. This is a nine, not driving them out uh, because of Israel's righteousness but because these nations were of their wickedness. Uh, honestly, I think this is one of the most important passages in all the Old Testament I mean, to, to help understand this. Yeah, there's so many, like I was saying, there's different ways that I try to process 
some of the killing and the no mercy mm-hmm. and kind of things. And you have to reckon with what it's saying here. I mean, it's you know, if we're gonna, pretty explicit, if we're going to reckon with any of it, it also says this: it's because of their wickedness. Yeah. This was happening. It's God's the righteous one, not Israel. And I, I can't help but think some of these folks were in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They were caught in the middle of um, some craziness. You know. And in this, he's talking about from the day you came out of Egypt, you've been rebellious toward God. Um, he reminds them how they went astray so quickly, recalling how he was on the mountain uh, while he was getting the commandments, mm-hmm. and they went to the golden calf. Um, and he talks about the... I, I can't remember the language, but he says he, he laid prostrate before the Lord for 40 days and nights to intercede. I can't remember if it said that. I know it no, said he was there for 40 days, but it said, did it say he laid prostrate for that no, long? No, that's added. And what what's new here in Deuteronomy 9 also is that there was never, ever before this any um, talk about his intercession for Aaron. Yeah. It's brand new. Yeah, God which was going to take him out. Yeah, which, is, which makes sense if you mm-hmm. read, you know, Exodus. Yeah, totally. Because he's recounting this golden calf story. Mm-hmm. And I always thought about and that. And Aaron was at the I, I, I forefront. remember bringing that up. Why did he get mercy? Yeah, the it's guy right that made there. the cow yeah. who was left in charge. and Yep, it was Moses interceding, which is a fascinating concept. Yeah, which I love too because that it just really drives home the power of prayer. Yeah. People say, why pray? Well, there's lots of examples yeah. in these first five books of the Bible of why you pray. Yeah. Um, and he, in this same passage here, he's retelling God told them to take possession of the land and they wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite line of this chapter is, you have been rebellious against the Lord from the day I knew you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then again, he says you, he lays prostrate before the Lord for 40 days and nights and inter- intercedes for Israel. Mm. Um. So if you wondered what he was doing up there for that time, uh, this seems to be a big part of it. Uh, Ten, he's retelling the story of how he got the tablets, uh, the Ten Commandments. These are the new tablets, I believe. (coughs) Mm -hmm. And he made the ark and put them in the ark. Um, Interesting line here, he's talking about what does God require of you? Yeah, love that. I've that here too. Um, Verse twelve it says, "Fear Him, walk in His ways, love Him, serve Him with all your heart, with all your soul. Keep all His commandments, which are good for you." That was my uh, yeah summary of that mm-hmm. part. And it, it sounds like some of the later prophets too, like Micah said, "Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God." Yeah. It's just as beautiful. Yeah. Once again, I mean, you don't want to like undercook it or whatever, but it's pretty simple. <laughs> like it's not that it's easy, you know, yeah. it's going to be difficult. It's the, the Christian walk is not easy, but it is simple. Yeah. Um, on other note there, he does 
use the phrase God of gods there and mm. Lord of lords. It's just an interesting side note. I using love the term it. gods, little g. Mm. Um, my, list, my book I'm reading said that Yahweh's sovereignty is not just covenantal, but cosmic. Mm. He is the God. Um, 11, Moses talks directly to those who saw the things God did with their own eyes again. Mm -hmm. He's specifically telling them, uh, again, recounting how they came out of Egypt. It's the same thing just over and over. Yeah, don't forget. Um, also recounting how the earth opened up and killed those that rebelled. Mm. Um, Interesting, he talks about how the land they're going into doesn't have to be irrigated like the land in Egypt. Um, if you do as the Lord asks, he will give you rain and grain and wine and oil, and you will eat and be full. The same prosperous language. Yep. And again, if you don't listen, you will get no rain, the land will yield nothing, and you will perish quickly. Yeah, it's always blessings or curses. Yeah. Bind which, these things to your heart. Which is what how it ends, too, which is so awesome with the Dew Mountains. Yeah. I'm not going to try to pronounce them. But yeah, there's a blessing on one. And a curse on the and other. A curse on, and a curse on Mount Ebal. I'm probably saying those wrong. Sorry. Yeah. That's where he says, I'm setting before you a blessing and a curse. Basically, you're blessed if you do, and you're cursed if you don't. Mm -hmm. And Deuteronomy... In a couple of weeks from now, it's going to end with the call to choose life or choose death. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Yeah, it makes it even more clear. Yeah, it really drives it home. Uh, 12, we get into destroying anything to do with other gods. Mm -hmm. um, he starts talking about designated places of worship mm. in the land that they're about to take. Yeah. And it gets into details again about sacrifices and tithe. Um, it gets into things they can eat and not eat. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it really is tied to the sacrifice. Like you, you get, they, it's a little more lenient than it was in the previous books we've read. Yeah, like you can actually eat meat and kill stuff, but just it can't be for sacrifice. Yeah. That's got to be in the holy place, the designated place. Yeah. Otherwise, you risk what you know is happening in the land you're about to enter with the way they sacrifice to their gods and right yeah and he talks about um be careful not to uh, where am i where are we here um, he's talking about when grab God drives out these nations, be careful not to fall into being ensnared with them. Mm -hmm. Don't even ask how they worship their gods. Wow. Don't even talk. And again, this is this wickedness thing, because they have done every abominable thing that the, the Lord, Lord hates. hates. Yes. They have done for their gods. And it says, for they even burn their sons and daughters in fire to their gods. Yeah. Wow. It's... I'm. I forget the Hebrew word, but it's with the word that they tr it's translated holy war, you know, which I know has a lot of baggage, sure. that phrase, but it's yeah. what's kind of being alluded to here. Like, this is pure, unadulterated evil hmm. that you're walking into. Yeah. You can't be any part of this. Um, 
13, let's go through these a little faster. Um, talks about prophets and dreamers. They tell you to go for other mm -hmm. gods. You got to kill them. Mm -hmm. Which is exactly what Jesus was accused of. Yeah. Falling in this category. Uh, and it gives three things here. Prophets and dreamers. Family entices you. Mm. Um, again. Kill them. Kill them. And if a city entices you, a whole city, destroy them and everything in the city. Never rebuild it. Um, taking this holiness business pretty seriously. Yeah. Uh, 14, it talks about don't cut yourselves or shave <clears throat> your head. I feel like this had to do with the religions. Yeah. These other religions. I think what, what it looked like. It talks about animals that can eat again. It has to do with divided hooves. Um, chewing the cud. Mm -hmm. Once again, um, it's a big recap of their previous Levitical laws. and Yeah. Um, again, it talks about these designated places of worship. Um, 15, we get into the... the uh, Recounting the Sabbath. The, the Sabbath, Sabbath year. year yeah. Sabbatical year. It's That's amazing. where he's talking about there will be no poor among you because the Lord will certainly bless you. Um, yeah. will lend to nations, but you will not borrow. And it specifically then talks about generously give to those in need. Yeah, like you're talking about. No, because he said, and it's in the ideal obedience to God's commands, there would be no poor. Yeah. But it's not going to be the ideal. So it's ideal versus realistic. Yeah. And I love in verse 14 it says, "You shall give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you." Yeah. That verse really stood out to me. Yeah. Don't give resentful with resentfulness. Yeah. You like, and Paul was such a devout Jew. You you have to know that. This is probably resonating in his heart and mind when he said in Corinthians that to be a cheerful giver. Yeah. You know, it's got to be that same, oh, yeah. that same mindset. He's really hammering it home. Yeah. The whole thing is almost about that. And and also it says in there, the poor will never cease to be in the land. Yeah. Um, which well, again, another Jesus, Jesus, quote. Jesus quoted. Yep. Um, you can tell he just, he lived in Deuteronomy. Yeah. Saturated in it. Um, 16, we get into, we'll end here on the feasts. Mm. He's going over Passover. Yes, this is the holy rhythm of Israel's life. The Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Booths, mm. um, which is at the tents. Yeah, but you, tents? you talked about that last week in our, uh, our Mark one where the transfiguration, that was part of Peter's mm. whole deal with Lord, it's good to be here. Mm. Should we build some booths? <laughs> Should we build some houses? And it ends there with the Lord appointing judges and officers uh, pursue justice. Yeah. They're commanded there. So that is our Old Testament reading for this week. That ends at De Deuteronomy 16. That's where we were, 16. Yeah. A lot of recount, um, but don't I wouldn't. Uh, I would suggest don't skip it because there's details in there about uh, these previous books that are being um, illuminated. Yeah, exactly. even in this it's retelling, word. it's a good word. Um, and kind of it's like a sermon, you know. Kind of, uh, you can see it, uh, even the highlights for for uh, for Moses and, and this this. Uh, intensity of creating a culture 
in a people of ingraining it in your way of life and in your children that is really powerful uh and i love that yeah awesome so okay we will end there for our old testament reading and we will come back uh with our new testament we're going to be in mark we've got uh three chapters there i believe so uh check back in to part two of our bible reading reflection we'll get into our new testament reading awesome all right thanks bye